0: First Peter five and six for saints to be humble. It's important for us to be humble. And he is specific in the verse, he says, Humble yourselves under. The mighty hand of God. Simply put, let God lead you. Let him guide you. Humble yourselves. Don't try to get ahead of God. Just let him guide. And it's important to, to allow him to, to guide us. And when we do such, we'll find out that it's better to do things God's way instead of our way. But you have to humble yourselves. Biblically speaking, A person that humbles him or herself is a person that is sober. Consider consider Romans 12 and 3. Go to Romans 12 and 3. I think I need to read it. He says again, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God humble yourself. consider Romans 12 and 3 when you get there just say preach I'm there, there. alright y'all got to wait on the preacher today Same author. Well, no. Paul, an associate of Peter, this is what he says. He says, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. An humble person is a sober person. An humble person based upon the verse does not think more highly of him or herself than he or she should. You seriously look at yourself and and you just be honest about who you see in the mirror. You don't want to have low self-esteem. But you don't want to be thinking that you're more than than who you are. Don't look in that mirror and say you're going to be a millionaire and you're robbing God. Don't look in that mirror and, and say that, that you are a strong person in God and you don't even pray. Because in order to be strong, one thing you have to do is pray. Remember what Jesus said in Luke 18 and 1? Men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. When you lose heart, it's a sign of weakness. So you have to pray in order to be to be strong. When you're sober, you, you take a serious look at yourself. You're not allowing anything to, to cause you to, to see what God does not want you to see. No, you're taking a serious look at yourself. And you admit that you need to do this, that, or the other? Or you admit that, hey, I'm doing better. I'm doing this, that, and the other. You just are serious about what you see about yourself. And notice again, before we move on, Romans 12 and 3. For I say through the grace given to me to every one of you who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. It's a choice, right? But to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. I have to humble myself. I can't think that I'm more than what I am. And there are benefits to humbling yourself. I said there are benefits to humbling yourself. Let's consider Psalm 149. Let's go there. Psalm 149. Verse 4. 149th Psalm, verse 4. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. He will beautify the humble with salvation. He going to beautify you inwardly and outwardly with salvation. Salvation is threefold. It speaks of God's deliverance, protection, and prosperity. That means that God is going to make sure that even when you get in certain situations, that you come out. That's his deliverance. God can bring you out of what you messed up or specifically of what you got yourself in Woo. look at your neighbor and just whisper and say I have messed up myself <laughs> if it be true tell one more person I have messed up myself and get this And couldn't bring yourself out. It took him to bring you out. But you humbled yourself to the point the way you say, Lord, I need you. And I messed myself up again. And I need your help. Lord, I know I said I wouldn't do it again, but I did. And so I need your help. And when you humble yourself, he will beautify you with salvation. He will deliver you, he will protect you, and he will cause you to prosper. Prosper how? In every aspect of your life. So this is a benefit of those who humble themselves. Let's consider Proverbs 3 for another benefit. Verse 34, Proverbs 3 and 34. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. Grace is a powerful word, biblically speak. In in, um, the book of 2 Corinthians, Paul was going through something. And it was very difficult for him. And so he prayed to God three times. And God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. He was going through a hard trial and God's answer to him was, my grace My kindness, my favor, my mercy is sufficient. It's enough for you. It's enough. And and so Paul reached the conclusion that I'm going to praise God no matter what I go through. I'm going to praise him because I know his grace is going to be sufficient. It doesn't matter how long I have to go through it. I know his grace is enough. It's enough for me. God does not have to move your trouble out of, out of the way for it to be well with you. He can leave you in the fight, but it's still well. He can allow the pain to stay but it's still well. His grace is enough. See, see his grace says you're still going to feel the pain, but it's not going to be something you ain't going to be able to handle. You're still going to battle in your mind, but it's not going to be something you can't handle. I'm going to allow this battle to go, to go on because I want to use it and you for a testimony. I said, God will allow certain things to go on for a while in order to use it and you for a testimony. Y'all, I forgot that testimony we saw on stage last week. I said, y'all, I forgot that testimony of Minister Johnson last week, how God allowed her to go through stuff in her body. Carving around the oxygen tank. Barely able to move. But then we seen his grace. (laughs) Through all that she went through. And then he allowed his miraculous power to turn it. Or to turn her situation completely around. Say to your neighbor, can't, nobody, but nobody, but nobody do you like Jesus. Say to one more person, can't. Is that right? His grace is what? It's enough. It's enough. Don't complain. His grace is. And see, when you humble yourself. You don't try to make God do this, that, or the other. You just trust him to do what's right. You just trust him to handle what you don't have the capacity to deal with. You trust him. And when you do such, you are being spirit-led. You're being mature. You deal with it, but in your mind... You're battling it, but you're yet saying his grace is sufficient. And look at the verse again here in Proverbs 3 and 34. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives, it's a gift, grace to the humble. Now, if God God considers grace a gift, we know according to James 1, That when it comes to his gifts, they're good and perfect. They're beneficial. And they are exactly what you need. They're good and perfect. Perfect means they're suitable. They are just right for you. God, know, God knows you so well, to where He knows exactly what to allow you to go through. He knows exactly what you can and cannot handle. Woo! I said He knows you that well. How does He know me like that? Because He's God, He knows everything. You, you know, when you think about it, the scripture tells us that even the hair, that falls from our head, he knows about. It. You don't even think I got no help on this ball head, do you? It's something up there. It's something up there. Even though you can't see it, guess who can see it? God. He can see it. Yes, he can. He can see it. And when one drops, he knows about it. Lord, have mercy. We have a great God. Let's give him a big hand of praise. You you are just great. But you have to humble yourself under his power, under his mighty hand. And when you humble yourself, you, you will start to see God elevate you. You'll start to see him change your life for the battle. Walker, just let me work it out. You just stay behind me. You just follow me. J- just stay behind me. Follow me and watch me work. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And in due time, he will exalt you. He'll raise you up it's got to be on his timetable you need to get rid of your timetable and say god your will be done not mine your will be done and you will see yourself going from 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 one stage to another You'll see yourself coming out of whatever has you wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up until you get completely free. Then he'll, he'll cause you to prosper in every aspect of your life to the point to where you will be a complete makeover you will be the fulfillment of Second Corinthians 5 and 17. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed. Look, behold, everything is new. But you will look back and you, you, you won't even recognize your new self compared to your old self some of us look at it right now with man i done came a long way Woo! how many can just wave your hands and say, i done came a long way and, and you just can't say you done came a long way inwardly you done came a long way in every aspect of your life I said, you done came a long way. Some of us, we used to be just point blank ignorant. Some of us, we used to be so stupid, if somebody yelled out, hey, stupid, we would look. (laughs) We have come a long way. I said, we have come a long way. We had low self-esteem. We didn't think we would never have this, that, or the other. We didn't never think we would get out of the predicament that we were in. But then God stepped in your life. He blessed you from your crown to the sole of your feet. And you haven't been the same since. You ought to give your God the praise and say, God, I know you changed me. I know you changed me. And you know the wonderful thing? he not done with you yet. I said he not done with you yet. You done came a long way. But God is not done with you. How many know God ain't through with you yet? Don't close the book yet. Well I done got up in it. Don't you close that book. Just stay. Um Just stay humble. And see, when you're humble, based upon First Peter five, six, and seven, you do not allow things specifically cares to weigh you down. You stay humble so you you don't allow anything to weigh you down. Let me show you what the Hebrew writer said in reference to what I just stated. Go to Hebrews 12. Good God. Y'all stay with I'm happy. Y'all still happy? Good to be happy. Ain't it good to be happy? Hebrews 12 and 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of what? We got witnesses that we can we can be encouraged. From in scripture as well as in the sanctuary. How many brothers and sisters have encouraged you time and time again? We have many witnesses of the goodness of God. But notice this. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every what? And the sin which so easily what? Ensnares us. It ensnares us. It stops us from running because he goes on to say, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We got to lay aside every weight and sin. When you're humble, you can't. Allow something to, to weigh you down, to ensnare you. To, to, when something ensnares you, it lures you. It lures you. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Think about this all day. I know you just got out of church, but you know that thing what was bothering you all week? It's still there. Yeah, I know you told Reverend Walker you got your rhema. But you know what you want, so don't let that little rhema take away what you want and you don't have. It'll just lure you. It'll lure you. It ensnares or traps you. Has to put the bait out first. And then just pull you, pull you in and just ensnare you. To the point where you'll go a whole week thinking about stuff. You shouldn't be thinking about. Be on vacation worried about somebody. Get a good word, but then somebody will say something to you on your way out the church. And you'll think about what the person said more than what you heard from God. Whisper to somebody and say, don't act like he ain't talking about you." <laughs> and, and, and see, th- these things happen. That's the reason he says, lay them aside. Lay them aside. Lay them aside. See, because the, the writer knew that, that if we're not careful, we'll hold on to what we shouldn't. You'll hold on to a, a sin, but they also says a, a way. And it'll be controlling you. It'll trap you. Have you trapped. Lord have mercy. We all have been there. Oh, I know you spirit-led and all that, but, but you still are not above temptation. You have to lay aside how many? Every. How many? Every. That means every time one comes and gets a hold to you. Because, see, you can just be watching television and all of a sudden that weight will just drop on you. You know you ain't got no money. you sitting there, You sitting there looking at Rifleman and then that thing just drop on you. <laughs> and it's finna be the climax. Yeah, he finna go out there and have a, have a, a showdown with the enemy getting ready to shoot Pull out the rifle and shoot him. And here you hear that. Here come that weight. Pshht, and you miss everything. Lord, I didn't even see that. <laughs> you can't allow yourself to get ensnared, especially by cares. Let me deal with cares, and I'm going to close it. What is a care? I just want to give you two two definitions, simple definitions of, of a care. First, a care is something or somebody that causes you stress, Uh-oh. pressure, as we used to say, get on your nerve, Man, this thing's stressing me out. God, I wish she would call me. She ain't called God. I wish she would call me. Lord, call me, call me, call me. <laughs> she ain't called you, but you done call her like seventy, seven times. And you're stressed because she ain't call you back. <laughs> A care. Something or somebody that causes you to be stressed. To be stressed. And what I just described, if, if, if you go through something like that, that's stress. That's stress. You ain't got no money. and They talk about cutting off the lights in two days and that's all. You got. Oh, God. You stressing out, I ain't got no money. Why you stressing out? You ain't got no money? (laughs) What that going to do? What is that going to do? Second and final definition of a care. Something or somebody that distracts that gets you off the path you need to be on. It can be your spouse. See you you, it can be it can be your children. You let your son distract you. And you shouldn't. That's my baby, Reverend. (laughs) I know that's your baby. But sometimes your baby can be your biggest problem. Your baby can become your God. Your spouse can become your, your God. I can't live without him. Oh, you crazy now. Is you talking Jesus or? You may feel that, but yes, you can. Yes, you can. He shouldn't even say things like that. Yes, I should. It's a dangerous thing to put your spouse before God. You better read, what is it? I think it's Acts 6. I may not be exactly right. With A- Acts 5, 6 or 7. with Ananias and Sapphira? She she gonna put her husband first. She gonna lie for her husband. Girl, you better. you you He already dead. <laughs> Sapphira, he already did. You better, you better start listening to the Holy Spirit. Don't get don't stay on the page with that boy. Repent, not, but she did. And Peter had to tell her, "Hey, look, (laughs) you—he just dropped dead for lying, and you finna follow him." You read that story that that would that will let you know you can live without somebody. What do you mean, Reverend? You should have in your mind you ain't going to hell for nobody. If your spouse, your child, or somebody else is determined they don't want God, they want to go to hell. Look, don't you go to hell for nobody. These folk over here ain't even receiving it. I don't know if I, I, I don't know what I done did. Say to your neighbor, "I, I don't care how good she looks. I don't care how handsome he is. I don't care if that is your baby boy or girl. Nobody is worth going to hell for. I know I said that I would be willing to sacrifice this, that, and the other. But, you know, I'm just all, I'm, I'm just all distracted because of what's going on. So I ain't going to be able to do what I need to do in the church. I ain't going to be able to do what I said I was going to do. Oh, oh, oh. So you just really saying you out the will of God and you ain't ready to get back in the will of God because of your distractions stuff going to happen and you going you going to have to make a choice you going to have to make a choice yeah you will be tested I can't tell you how many tests I have went through, and I said, "Well, God, <laughs> woo, this is a tough one right here." <laughs> and you have to be careful what you say. You can't just spit out something without. You have to make sure your connection with God is solid. Anybody can hallelujah him and give him praise when everything is wonderful. But you got to know that your God going to love you. He going to be with you despite what your children do, your spouse does, your uncle, your granddaddy, your mama, your your cousin, and your aunt May Francis. He going to be with you. Say to your neighbor, there is one that ain't going to never leave you. Never going to forsake you. And his name is Jesus. Lo, I'll be with you. How long? Even to the end of the age. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be right. I'll be right here. I'll be here. Until the end of. The age. And so when you, when you humble yourself, you know that anything that tries to put you under pressure or stress or anything that tries to distract you from your purpose of the place that God has ordained for you to be in you gotta get rid of that thing and here Peter tells us that when it comes to care that God wants not just one or two or some of your cares he wants all your cares he don't want you stressed he don't want you distracted Peter Peter learned it and and that's the reason he he was the perfect one that the Holy Spirit used to give to the church because he had allowed things to distract him or to stress him out, but he learned: look, you gotta give all of it to him because he wants it. He's the taker of all kids. Peter said, casting all your care upon him. Lord, my son, keep doing the same dumb stuff over and over. And it's just costing me more money and more money. Keep your money and give him to me. Mamas don't like to hear stuff like that. <laughs> but but mama, you better wake, you better wake up. If that boy keeps doing the same thing over and over again, he don't want to quit. You need, you need to give him the God. every time I try to tell that girl something, it seems like she come back with something. Give her to God. I don't guess he just don't want to be given to God. You think God won't this? The verse they cast what? Oh. Not some. Oh. Whatever care. Whether it's a thing or a person. To cast literally is to throw. That means get it out of your hand. Get it out of your hand. Get it away from you. And don't try to treat no care like like you treat that dress you can't make up your mind whether you're gonna get or not. It looked nice. I don't know. I think I'm just going to come. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's going to look good with my shoes. Oh, God. I didn't know it cost that much. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> see, see. When it comes to cares, this is what we do. We'll say, Lord, I'm giving you my son. Then something happen with your son, you'll go right back. Get that son like it's a dress you can't make up your mind about. No, leave it there. If it get worse, well, it's in God's hand. (laughs) He still ain't doing right. It's in God's hand. I I done gave him to God. See, when you throw it, you leave it there. You just let it stay right there. I done tried to convince him of this, that, and the other, but he still don't want to hear nothing I got. Well, just leave it with God. Just leave it there. And I'm going to tell you something. That takes something. That's the reason I'm telling you, sometimes when you cast it, it gets worse. But just because it gets worse don't mean it's, it's more than God can handle. It's more than you can handle, but it's never more than he can handle. Remember, armor yourself under the what? Mighty hand of God. Just leave it right there. Man, there's some folk I got on my last nerve, but I done left them with God. Don't it look like that? It probably four, five folk I got on your last nerve. Only difference between me and you is I done left it with God. I'm, I'm tired of dealing with it. Y'all all right? Yeah. You love the pastor? Yeah. All right. Let's go on. Casting all your care upon Him. Why? Wow. And this is what's so amazing. He cares for. Who? Touch yourself and say, God cares for me. Casting all your cares because he cares. He cares. Two words spelled the same but totally different meanings. He cares for you. First thing that means, you're important. You're significant to him. Me? Yeah. You. You're important to him. You are important to God. That's means he wants you to give it to him. And, and, and you're so important to where he knows he can handle your problem better than you can. Drop that on somebody. God can handle your problem better than you can. I don't want to make you feel bad or anything, but I, I, I'm going to have to take it a little further. Is all right if I take a little further? Yeah. There is no comparison when it comes to you handling something versus God. Not, not even a comparison. He handles it much better than you. Woo, I'm finna make somebody mad, Ellen. And it's intentional. It's, it's intentional. Okay, God, oh. uh, you know. I... I it's intentional. I'm finna make you mad, but it's intentional. This is gonna be a dinner table thing right here, so hold on. Understand this. Mm. You have to be plumb stupid. I told you it's intentional. Plum stupid. To know that God can handle your problem better than you. But you still go back. And get it. That's just plum stupid. He got everything it it takes to handle your problem. You don't have what what it takes to handle your problem. But you have the audacity to keep going back. And picking up what he wants to take care of. I need some help. I I wish I could. I, I really need some help. Just say to somebody on my, on my behalf. No, I'm telling you to say it on my behalf. <laughs> so you won't get mad at the person that's finna say that. They're saying it for me. You got to be plump stupid, plum stupid to keep going back, going back and getting that care. You're important to him. You're important. So don't act like you're not important. Well, you act like you can't trust him. You give it to him, then you go back and get it like he can't be trusted. You're important to him. Don't act plumb stupid. Second thing. Reason he cares for you. He wants better for you. He wants better for you. See, see you will never experience better in the manner that God wants you to experience it if you're carrying cares around. Some of us know what it is to feel miserable all the time because of Cares. I, I don't been there, man. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I have been on vacation. Perfect wealth. perfect food, but miserable. Pocket full of money. I was on vacation one, one time and first time I ever had I had $10,000 just spent. And we're spending it. <laughs> but get this. Miserable. How can you spend money? Have money to spend. Food good, but you're miserable because the whole time I'm thinking about when I get back home, stuff I got to deal with or cares. See, see, even money can't eliminate certain things. When it comes to cares, you just got to give them to God. That's bottom line. You you can't make enough money. (laughs) You can't be in a perfect place with cares. Because it still ain't going to be right. You got to let them cares go. You got to let the one that wants your cares have them. He wants you to have better. John 10 and 10, the thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come so you'll have life and that more abundantly. But you got to get rid of the, the calves. I'm going to start right there. Let's get the a Lord hand of praise. Lord mercy.